Good morning, Calvary River Baptist Church, and welcome. We're so excited that you can join us here this morning for another service. We're excited to have Pastor Dwight back again, uh, speaking to us from his Fearless series, uh, talking about fearless people in the Bible. Also, don't forget about our Spotify playlist. Enjoy it before the service. You can't really do that now, but after the service, you can do it. Enjoy it all week. Have a great day. Morning. My name is Erwin, and I'm going to be reading this morning from Psalm 95. Come, let us sing for joy to the Lord. Let us shout aloud to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before him with thanksgiving and extol him with music and song. For the Lord is the great God, the great King above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth, and the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Hi everyone, I'm Leora. And I'm Emma, and we have a few announcements for you today. The first announcement is that on July 5th, we are having communion. So make sure you get ready for that, get your elements ready at home, and we will be doing that together on that day. The second announcement we have for you today is about our online service. We've been watching together at 10 o'clock every Sunday online. We're going to be changing that next week to 9 o'clock. So we hope that you'll be able to join us a little earlier throughout the summer. The third announcement is about the survey that we were talking about last week. So if you are on our newsletter, we sent one out to you, so make sure you check your email. But if you're not on our newsletter, make sure you sign up for that. You can do that by going on our website or calling the office. Yeah, and if you didn't get the survey, email the office and they can send it out to you. The last thing I want to tell you guys about today is about our kids camp. Backyard Kids Camp. It's starting this Tuesday. If you haven't signed up yet, you need to do so. The reason being is that we're going to be sending out the YouTube link to you guys so that you can participate. That's all we have for you today. We'll see you later. Hi everybody, it's Ryan Davis here, your senior youth intern. This morning, I have the privilege of praying and uh, just before I do that, I wanted to encourage you guys, if you haven't got onto our newsletter yet, I want to encourage you to sign up for our newsletter. On there, you can find our missionary of the week and our local church focus so that you can join us in praying for them every week. And today, I have the privilege of also praying for our summer camps. Uh, I know summer camp is something that has greatly impacted my life, my time at Camp Homewood, serving and working with the kids. It, it changed my life. And I know many people in our congregation have been impacted by Homewood, by Camp Bob and by Camp Kwanos. And so please join me in praying for them both now and throughout the week. Uh, Lord Jesus, we just wanna thank you for today, for our opportunity to be together. And uh, Jesus, we want to take a moment and we wanna lift up our summer camps, Lord, our, our partners in the gospel here in Campbell River, in uh, Roberts Lake and Camp Kwanos down in Crofton. But Jesus, you know where all our camps are in BC across Canada and you know the struggle that they're going through right now, the struggle to be able to just survive the financial challenges that COVID has brought forward. And so Jesus, we want to just lift that up. And Lord, we know that you have a plan through all of this. And we know, Lord, that uh, no matter what happens, you are going to bring your kingdom here in this place. And so we want to ask for strength, Lord. We want to ask for provision for our camps. And we want to ask, Lord, 
that you would provide opportunities for them to still be able to bring the gospel to as many kids as possible this year. Please, Lord, sustain them in this time and uh, just thank you for the work that they're doing. And Lord, we also want to lift up Pastor Dwight this morning and we ask that as he brings the message, Lord, that his words would be your words and Jesus, that you would open up our hearts to hear from you. Thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Pastor Dwight here again. Welcome to our online worship time at Campbell River Baptist. Uh, just give you a bit of an update on our move to Campbell River. Sandra and I have found a one-bedroom apartment uh, near the church facility that we can move into on July the 1st. It's going to be good to get settled again. Uh, we still make a trip down island to Crofton a couple of times a month to care for Sandra's mother, who's living in her own home, but she does need occasional help. We're looking forward to this summer with you. This is number three in our Fearless series. We're looking at different biblical characters that took a brave step of faith. They allowed God to work through them, and it wasn't on their own strength, their own grit, their own determination, but they fully surrendered to Christ, and it's not true just a thousand years ago, it's still true today. It's not about trying harder, it's about relying on Jesus. The last two weeks we looked at men. Uh, first we looked at Benaniah, who was chasing lions. And last week we looked at Gideon and talked about facing our insecurities. And we learned that uh, God's strength through our weakness is exactly enough. And that sometimes the way forward is often backwards. This week we're gonna look at a woman who was fearless for God. Deborah was an incredible leader of the nation of Israel. Do you remember a movie a few years ago, some of you may have seen it, was uh, Captain Marvel starring Brie Larson. Instead of the damsel in distress, this Captain Marvel was the damsel who came to the aid of those in distress. It was very well received in the box office. Their world revenues were over a billion dollars. Brie Larson actually comments on choosing to take that role. She says, when the opportunity came to play Captain Marvel, the symbol of feminism, I saw it as an opportunity to play this empowering role for women. I saw this role in this film as an important step and I wanted to be a part of it. I think Captain Marvel send out a message that's undeniably important to the world right now. Well, there are many similarities actually to Judges chapter four. The same effect Deborah had for the last 3,300 years as Brie Larson had playing that role. In Judges chapter 4, if you want to turn there, you can, or follow along on the screen. We're going to read these verses that kind of get us started into the story. It says, Again the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, now that Ehud was dead. So the Lord sold them into the hand of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. Sisera, the commander of his army, was based in Heroseth Hagoyim. Because he had 900 chariots fitted with iron and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, they cried to the Lord for help. The Canaanites had chariots. That was a new innovation in warfare at the time. It was a very powerful strategic weapon. It would, in a sense, be equivalent to a tank today. They had a driver, an archer who were protected by metal armor, and they could have very rapid deployment with the horse and the chariot and get to places before the enemy could respond. Israel was in a terrible cycle, and our first point is a rescue from a bad cycle. The Israelites were worshiping the gods of Canaan and the Philistine neighbors. 
They were fighting, warring amongst themselves. Uh, in business dealings, there was cheating and lying going on. They had been warned by God numerous times, but there was very little response, very little repentance of the people. So God allowed them to be oppressed by other countries, the surrounding countries around them. And that oppression lasted for about 20 years. So now in desperation, the country turns back to God and God sends not men this time, but a woman. We read in, uh, in Judges, continue to read on, we read now Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Lapidith, was leading Israel at the time. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites went up to her to have their disputes decided. Deborah was unique in biblical literature. She was a prophet and a leader. As a prophet, she would receive messages directly from God, and it was her job to explain it to the people. The people also began to recognize that she had incredible wisdom, uh, counseling, judging, deciding issues, uh, guiding people to solve disputes, even legal matters. People came to her from her tribe of Issachar, and then other Israelite tribes began sending people and, and issues used to come up. They came in large numbers to have their disputes discussed and settled. This wasn't a common thing at that time for women to rise up to this position. In his book, uh, Leon Wood says, she was a woman in a day when women were given little place in leadership and still held such a position of influence makers that her qualities in this respect were more noteworthy. It's unusual to have a woman in this position. She had no aristocratic background. She was simply known as the wife of Lapidoth. She was a homemaker, very busy. The latest chapter actually says she was a mother in Israel. Only woman who was ever elevated to this level by her peers and very unique in the ancient world. Israel was spiritually parched at this time. They had rejected God, and the text a number of times says that everyone did what was right in their own eyes, very, very similar to the relativism of today, where people are just not sure about right and wrong. Everything is okay in your eyes. What you do is what, what is right for you. And the same action could be morally right for you, but morally wrong for somebody else in our culture. One person thinks it okay, another person believes it isn't. So you believe and act as you see best, which is what it says. Everyone did what was right in their own eyes. So there was some struggle about what was right, what was wrong. And they really needed a prophet. They really needed a leader who would then help them to decide some of these issues. We continue to read in verse 6 that Deborah sent for Barak, son of Ahinoam, from Kadesh and Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go, take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali and Zebulun, and lead them up to Mount Tabor. I will lead Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, with his chariots and his troops to the Kishon River and give him into your hands. Normal life was no longer possible. Thus God raises up Deborah to be a judge and a leader, and eventually the deliverer of her people in a time of war. God has spoken through leaders in the past, like Moses, Joshua. Now he's speaking through Deborah. That compassion, the sense of being a mother is awakened in her. And she watches these Canaanites oppressing her people. For over 20 years it had been going on. Finally she says, enough is enough. And God says, I'm going to raise you up. 
We miss the entire point of the story if we just think, wow, what an amazing woman, or what leadership, what wisdom. Deborah would say, all of that came from God. God was the total source of strength and wisdom for her. And Deborah would want us to know just how amazing God is. We continue to read in this story, in verse 8, that Barak said to her, If you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Certainly I will go with you, said Deborah, but because of the course you are taking, the honor will not be yours, for the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. So Deborah went with Barak to Kadesh. There Barak summoned Zebulun and Naphtali, and 10,000 men went up under his command. Deborah also went up with him. Now Heber, the Canaanite, had left the other Canaanites, the descendants of Hobab, Moses' brother-in-law, and pitched his tent by the great tree in Zaanaim near Kadesh. When they told Sisera that Barak, son of Ahinoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor, Sisera summoned from Haroseth Hagoim to the Kishon River all his men and his 900 chariots fitted with iron. Then Deborah said to Barak, Go, this is the day the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? So Barak went down Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. At Barak's advance, the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and army by the sword, and Sisera got down from his chariot and fled on foot. Barak pursued the chariots and army as far as Hereset Agraim, and all Sisera's troops fell by the sword. Not a man was left. Sisera, meanwhile, fled on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Canaanite, because there was an alliance between Jabin, king of Hazor, and the family of Heber, the Canaanite. The second part of the message this morning will be entitled, God Doesn't Call the Equipped. It appears that Israel was weak as a nation because they kept abandoning God. It was only when they were in serious trouble that they would cry out to God and he would send a rescuer. This happened over and over and over again in the book of Judges. Yet God was so faithful to his people, he would never let them get too far down the road before he sent a rescuer. We've already seen that he sent Deborah as an extremely competent political leader. Behind every politician, you need some muscle. You need to put the plan into action. If you can't back up the threat, you're only blowing hot air. So Deborah called Barak to step up. He does, but with trepidation. Notice Barak's answer. This is the general of the army. This is the man that's going to lead the forces. It's interesting that Barak says to Deborah, if you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Barak seems to lack confidence. God has chosen him, and so has Deborah. 10,000 warriors followed him, but it was against a superior force, these 900 chariots. The uh, Canaanites had more weapons. They had more men. And so he says to Deborah, if you go with me, I will go. Now Deborah rebukes Barak for this and utters a prophecy. A future event will see the glory for the defeat of the enemy's commander, but it won't go to Barak. It would go to a woman instead. We read, Certainly I will go with you, said Deborah, but because of the course you're taking, the honor will not be yours, for the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. There's a little bit of Barak's hesitation in all of us. If we're totally honest, 
In those big moments when God calls us to step out in obedience to him, we often will say, God, I want to, but I'm so nervous. I'm so scared. And that's why the Bible continues to resonate down through the centuries. We are 3,300 years away from this story, but we can identify with a guy like Barak. He's extremely human. Now, I think what Barak was saying was, I want to do God's will in this adventure. I'm just not 100% sure of the faith step. And he turns to Deborah and he says, Deborah, I've seen that God is with you. Please go with me. I want to be 100% sure that this is God's doing. And I want to know that God is with me. And Deborah, you're the one giving this command. You're the one that's speaking to God. You know God. So please go with me. Now, the presence of the prophetess would assure contact with the Lord, just like the presence of Moses and the Ark of the Covenant brought victory in battle, and their absence meant defeat. Barak is saying, I need to know that God is with me. God is with you, Deborah. Please come with me. Now, let me tell you, if you're a follower of Jesus, you will be asked at some time in your life or many times in your life to go with someone. Maybe it's their first visit to a worship service, and they say, will you go with me? Or maybe they're going to participate in an Alpha course. Can you go with me? Maybe even it's a visit to Sunday school, vacation Bible school, the backyard clubs, or a youth group. Can you go with me? Maybe you're going to visit a sick friend in the hospital, and someone says, i got to go see my mom, but, you know, I'm just freaked out by hospitals. Can you go with me? Maybe you're even meeting at the funeral home. My daughter, Sarah, had just married into Rob's family and Rob's grandfather passed away. And the family was actually freaked out. They did not know what to do. They didn't know how to deal with a funeral. They had no idea. My daughter had been going to funerals since she was three years old because I would lead a funeral and she'd sit in the back row. She knew everything that was supposed to go on. So she took Rob through that whole process and, uh, and help them in something that they were very unfamiliar with. You will be asked as a follower of Jesus to go with somebody. Eventually, we will realize, even as a Christian, we'll look for people to go with us, but eventually we're going to realize that it's Jesus going with us, that through all of life, it is Jesus who is beside us, promised to be our comforter. But until we mature into that knowledge, will often say, please, will you go with me? Well, to continue on in this story of Deborah, in verse 14, we read that Deborah said to Barak, go, this is the day the Lord has given Sisera into your hands. Has not the Lord gone ahead of you? So Barak went down Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. Deborah's confidence inspires Barak to go ahead. It gave him confidence. From that point on, Barak seems good to go. He bravely leads his force. They're victorious in battle. Now, he couldn't have done it without Deborah and her strong leadership, which came directly from her faith in God. So where are you today on your faith confidence scale? As this fearless series keeps telling us, it's only when you and I fully rely on God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, when we fully rely on him that we ourselves become fearless. Deborah was that ultimate encourager. She came alongside and gave Barak strength. Sometimes you and I are called to, that, to do that for our friends. God doesn't call the equipped. 
God does equip the ones he calls. You don't have to come fully loaded for God to use you. You don't have to have a long list of accomplishments, skills, or abilities. God takes us where we're at, and along the way as we step out in faith, God is faithful to give us the skills to be able to do what he has called us to do. It's an incredible assurance of following Jesus. So what happened in our Deborah story? Well, if you continue to read, you'll find out that when the uh, enemy general was defeated, he took off without his chariot. He was running on foot away from the victorious Israeli army, and he found refuge at the tent of Haber the Kenite. Haber's wife, Jael, invites him in to rest and to hide. Then while he's sleeping, Jael takes a tent peg and a hammer and drives the tent peg through Sisera's temple into the ground. Now these two women were one big headache for Sisera. Sisera and his chariots had oppressed Israel for 20 years. Now the people were free and it was a major blow to the Canaanites. A step forward in removing the idolatry and the evil in that part of the country. You can be fearless in facing the oppression of our day, but sometimes you will need a friend to travel the road with you. Sometimes you may be the one to travel the journey with someone else. Let's pray. Father, thank you that you promise to go with us, but we thank you that you promise your people to go alongside, that you encourage us, that you comfort us, and we're able to reach out with that comfort you give us to others. I pray that in this week ahead, that each of us, as we are asked to go along with somebody, that you will give us the courage to go. And maybe there's some of us that just need to ask someone, can you go with me in this journey? Lord, give us the grace through Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. It's so good to have all of you join us this week and to hear God's word from Pastor Dwight. Pastor Dwight, thank you so much for your message and the timely reminder to, for us to remember that God doesn't call the equipped. He equips the called. And so I don't know what that looks like for you this week, but I know that there's different ways that God is going to be tugging on your heart, reminding you to reach out with your faith, with your love for Jesus, and reaching out to the community around you. I wanted to let you know that in a couple of weeks, we'll be having a time where you can meet Pastor Dwight. We're still working out the details, but we know for sure that it's going to be on July 19th. So mark your calendars so that you guys can come out and meet Pastor Dwight and his wife. Now I want to leave you with this passage as we go out into our week as a reminder uh, for us where we draw our strength from. It's found in Hebrews chapter 13, starting verse 20. Now may the God of peace, who brought up from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, and ratified an eternal covenant with his blood, may he equip you with all you need for doing his will. May he produce in you, through the power of Jesus Christ, every good thing that is pleasing to him. All glory to him forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week, and we look forward to you guys joining us again next week. Have a great week.